on 102.4 FM, across Rotherham, online, on your mobile, and on your smart speaker. This is Red Road FM. This is Red Road. Red Road FM 102.4, I'm Keith Toyne, and uh, this is Wednesday Brunch. In my studio, I've got a great guy. He's having difficulty getting the headphones on. He will, I mean, he's used to it. You think so? Good morning to Elliot Kennedy. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm all right. And you are UK? I'm wonderful. Now I've got my cup of tea and you've got me a box of biscuits here. Box of biscuits as well. We don't do things by halves here at Red Road. It's great to, for you to come up here. I was quite surprised uh, last week when uh, I played your new single, which we are going to play in a very short while. And... Um, I just mentioned I'd love to interview you, but I had no idea how to contact you. And uh, ten minutes later, after I said, anybody know Elliot? <laughs> and ten minutes later, I got a text from you saying, give me a ring. So this is fantastic. Now, you just mentioned something about your early life, because yeah. I always thought you lived in North Anston all the time. Did, did, were you born up here? No, no, I was born in Gleadless. And, oh, yeah. Um, my, still and a then, Sheffield lad. Yeah, yeah, Sheffield boy. Um, but my parents emigrated to Australia yeah. when uh, when I was little, when I was like three or four. Um, so we were one of them 15 quid families, you know. You yeah, went either yeah. to Canada or Australia, I think they were the main options. And we uh, we ended up in Australia. My mum had got sisters that had gone out there. And uh, and that, so that was my childhood, really. I was an Aussie, you know, with never wearing shoes and uh, <laughs> spent most of the time at the beach and stuff. So it's a, a far cry from... Uh, from Pond Street and uh, Fargate, you know. Yes. <laughs> I, I was watching a, a YouTube clip, I think it was, and uh, you were being interviewed by an Australian TV show. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah and that's when I, I heard this about you being in Australia. I thought, I, I never knew that about you. Yeah, it's but, funny. It, it keeps coming up, that. I mean, it, it's a funny thing. I remember uh, being down there, and I get to work there every now and again because of my history there. And uh, it was actually a young artist called Delta Goodrum. I don't know if you remember Oh, yes. Delta. Well, Delta was one of our mine and Gary Barlow's development artists. And we, we signed her from uh, when she was only 16 years old at Sony. We were Sony producers at the time. So I got to go home, essentially. And it did feel very much like... I remember, I remember buying... It was her 18th birthday. I remember buying her a present. And the woman said in the shop said to me, Oh, you know, are you visiting? I said, actually, I'd... I grew up, you know, half an hour away from she, and she went, oh, you're back home then? And it was like, oh, my God, I, that's true, I'm back home. So it, it was ever so strange, you know, because I always consider Sheffield to be my home and the north of England, period. But um, it's, it is very odd to have half your life sort of, you know, yes. in a different a place, completely other side of the planet, I might yeah. add. <laughs> but every now and again I get to do an interview or whatever. There's always some connection. And this is about the first interview you've done really closest to your home in North Anston, I bet. It is indeed, actually. My partner lives just down the road, so so after this, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll literally take me two minutes to get to her. Well, that's handy for you then, isn't it? <laughs> I lived in North Anston and said you went to school at... Uh, Dinnington. Dinnington, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you remember those days much? Yeah, do you know what? I, I Anyone who remembers me from those days will, will tell you that I was the guy that was always sat at the piano. Yeah. You know, every break or lunchtime or after school, uh, that was me sitting at the piano. And uh, that's all I ever wanted to do was music. And uh, it's funny, I see. My, my career's meeting, as you do in the you know last year yeah. of, of high said, go school. And, go and get a job in Steelworks. Well, no, no, he gave me two <laughs> options. He said, well, I went in there and said, uh, and he said, right, uh, is it Dunnington or Maltby? You know, you're going down. Pit. That was the pit. And I, and I said to him, uh, oh, no, 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 I want to be a songwriter. 
and he paused and he just went very nice Dinnington and Maltby <laughs> <laughs> that was very similar to me when I was at school when it was the steelworks those yeah, days yeah. and I had my careers meeting and they just said well I think best bet is look for a job around steelworks right because they, they wanted to it, get a job they're, they're the options but obviously I had uh, I had different ideas but do you know yeah. what I had a, a significant occurrence uh, I've, I've done gigs there at my school yeah, I know. Yeah, raise some money yeah. and all the rest of it. It's lovely. It's a lovely thing to do, and it's it's actually interesting how nervous I get going back on that stage again. So I'm like I'm 15 years old again. Yeah. And um, on this particular occasion, it was the last day of school. Uh, it was first year of sixth form. Uh, I was I'd made a record. I'd made an album, and I was mixing it. And and my headmaster came on stage to say, "What are you doing here?" Oh, who was the headmaster? He was Mr. Forster. Gordon Forster. Gordon Forster, yeah. yeah, I knew he, him. He, a formidable man. He was a big Very. guy. He was a big guy. Ginger hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he sat stood. I sort of turned around like that, and there he was in you know big shadow of a man there. And, and I and I said to him, uh, he said, "Let me have a listen." So he put the headphones on, and he said to me, um, "What are you thinking about doing next year?" And I said, "Well, coming back." And he and he said, "He said why?" He said, you're lucky you know what you want to do, Ellie. He says, just get on with it. And I said, are you serious? And he went, what are you waiting for? So do you know what? When I did the last concert I did, I found him, found Gordon, and asked him to come to... He's still Mr. Forster. He always, you know. So <laughs> I asked him to come to the gig. I don't think he knew what he was doing there when he got there. He was <laughs> like, well, you know. and, and then during the gig, I got him to come up, and I gave him a platinum disc of the Spice Girls. And gave it to him, and said he was in, you know, he was. Oh, he was that was really super. It was so emotional, and it, and I said, I said, Mr. Forster, had you not given me that advice to get on with my life and get on with it, these songs would have never been written, you know, Aretha Franklin, Celine Dion, Brian Adams, yeah. they would have never happened. Well, to think you're talking about all those great stars that you've written for. So many of them, isn't there? You were, you did the first Spice Girls hit, was uh, that It right? was actually the second, Say You'll Be There, second. was the second single, yeah. Yeah, but we've been talking about North Anston when you <laughs> lived up there. It must have been chaotic on that road, <laughs> because he's been telling me about who stayed there. Yeah, yeah. The Spice Girls, it was take funny. that, 911. Listen, it was my mum and dad's house, right? So yeah. Six day went close. I bet they went mad. <laughs> well, well, they wanted to buy a bungalow because my dad was uh, having some heart issues and he didn't want the stairs anymore. So I, I convinced my publisher, Sony, to give me enough money to buy the house and uh, so my mum and dad could buy a bungalow in Dinnington. And then, because we got a little extension on the back and it was perfect for my studio, you see. And then at least artists could come up and stay because we weren't in city centre or anything. So yeah. rather than touring and throwing from town for a hotel, they'd stay at my house. Um, and of course, and that just that that was like you know, it was like the boat that rocked at that point. <laughs> it was people would just stay. It was the best time. I mean, nine one one. We had a summer making their album. We had nine hit singles from that those records. Marvelous. Spice Girls take that. It was just a non-stop yeah. blur of fun. Well, talking about all those singles you've had and everything, Lana. One collaboration I know stands out for you mm. because it included one of the Spice Girls. I did, 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 yeah. And Brian Adams. Yeah. And this was a massive hit. Can I play this right now? Yeah, absolutely. Like a little Please break. Do. We'll come back as soon as we played this. <laughs> Baby, when you're 
There you go. That's Brian Adams and Mel C. One of your first. What? Well, no, it wasn't one of your first. But I know that it was one that you really hold dearly, don't you? Yeah, it's an important song to me. That it was. Um, it was. I mean, my relationship with Brian has always been an important one. We're still great friends now. Twenty-five years later, we talk every week. We're still writing songs together. And he, he, he um, he's he's a special guy. He's an incredible friend and has been there for me throughout the years. We're there for each other. That's what friendships are based on. And um, so that song is an important one. It was a big hit for me. It lived on radio. It seemed to like live on radio. It was yeah. on so much. So it's uh, it's become a bit of an evergreen, which is lovely. And, and thankfully, I've got a, a, now a catalogue of songs that sort of have gone from being popular radio songs to now being sort of radio classics you know a say will be there and everything changes and picture of you and the, but this one when you're gone um it just keeps popping up and it's yeah so it's been a significant song in my life you know yeah fantastic i know i know that mel c was one of your favorite spice girls yeah, I heard. she's the sweet and she still is you know she's such a delightful person when yeah. we were, when when we were doing the first uh, recordings in north anston there and the girls would come and crash she's such a she's a feeder she makes sure you're not allowed in the kitchen she'll take care of it <laughs> you can't wash any pots up that's her department she's just a delightful delightful person and a, a bright light of a person actually yeah now the other big group that you've had uh, dealings with was take that yeah and uh, how long have you been with them since the robbie williams days the very beginning well no i, I started with them just they, they hadn't had a number one they had a number two at the time with uh, why can't i wake up with you and uh, i got the i actually made a record for lulu called independence which was her sort of i remember that record. one that was my first hit as a producer i didn't write that song leon ware did and uh, and i just produced it but gary's uh, the, the band's manager was a big lulu fan and heard the song on the radio and said to Gaz, whoever's recorded it, we should get them to record us. He's made it sound great. Now, when I was working with Lulu, she, she used to comment on the fact that she said, she, she said, you sound like Michael McDonald, which was always a big compliment. For <laughs> I love Michael McDonald, the Doobie Brothers. And, and I would go into the booth and sing with her and sing ideas to her. And then she, she'd sing them back at me. And we have got this thing going. We had a real connection. We're, we're still great friends now. And of course, that led to to take that. Do you want to produce take that? Absolutely. And it was through that friendship of meeting the boys and producing them. Gary then said, "Look, we're a song short for this album, and we need an up tempo. Rob's got to sing it because he hasn't got a song on the album yet. He was going to do Relight My Fire, but the producer got the key wrong, so we had to redo all the vocals for Relight My Fire as well, as uh, and then write a song. And we wrote Everything Changes that day." Now the quirky thing is that uh, I always set myself this ambition of having a number one by the time I was 25. I thought if I can achieve that, I'll, I'll have done something in my life, you know, I'll be proud of. Everything changes went to number one on my 25th birthday. So it, it was sort of written in the stars, really. Great. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Well, talking of that song, we've, we've, I've got 10 minutes of the show left, so <laughs> we're going to cram in as much as we can. <laughs> I want to do want to play a new single and talk about the single in your album. Uh, so let's play Everything Changes right. and uh, have a little break again. Okay.
Everything Changes Written by Elliot Kennedy Performed by Take That And went to number one Marvellous song indeed Isn't it Elliot? It was a memorable one No doubt No doubt Yeah Right uh, We've got a little bit of time left And I do want to play your new single Talking of your new single That came out a few weeks ago Didn't it? It's uh, two weeks ago Yeah It's been out just a couple Gary Barlow's already put it into his <laughs> list As one of his favourites Hasn't <laughs> he? He has Brian and Brian Adams and Gary are but they're great mates of mine and they're so supportive. They've been great online and yep. you know letting their fans know that. Uh, and, it, and it's like anything, fans of Gary and take that. They know me because of our friendship because Gary and I have written together for twenty odd years now and we've had a Broadway musical together and we've written for other artists and stuff. So it's they all they all sort of know who I am, which is which is lovely. That's wonderful. Um, I think I was the one who broke it on Red Road, only last week. I think you're quite quite possibly. Uh, yeah. But since then, I've been told that lots of the presenters have been playing it. Oh, good to know. Now we do a different chart to the normal ones. We do it on plays the records get on here, right? And also from the requests that come in. Okay. Now the requests, I don't, I'm not sure whether we've had many requests yet, but we're going to do because the comments I've seen on this text uh, machine here. Oh, uh, we've got comments like, what a soulful voice. Ah, lovely. What a great song, really enjoying it. We've oh, had quite a few. that's awesome. Few come in so today. lovely to hear. Now, we, Aaron, who's our programme controller, he does the morning show. I've just left him this morning, and he said uh, he thinks next week it could be in our charts. Ah. But we do it on the plays. Marvellous. So, bit different. Great to hear. But he thinks he'll be there. Uh, I think he's got a chance of being number one nationally. Wow. Well, that's amazing to hear. We had our first Radio 2, National Radio 2 play yesterday. Did you? Apparently we're going to get another one today, tomorrow. So, fingers crossed. It's, do you know what? It's, it's, it's a funny thing for me. I, I have never, I've never done this before on this side of the glass, if you like. So, you'd think I would be a bit more prepared for it, and I'm not. And, and it's, it, it's kind of fun that I'm not going into this like a pro. Because it's uh, it, it makes it so much more interesting, you know. And I, yeah. I'm I'm so touched by the support and um, the interviews I've done so far have been wonderful. Like this one, it's it's just nice to be able to be yourself and tell your stories, you know, and share yeah. a bit of share a bit of history. But at the same time, you know, I've got this record. It's a crazy time. It really yeah. is quite odd. You've got an album coming out as well, uh, I understand. Yeah. When's that due out? So it's going to be out in January. It's finished, right. and I'm just I'm considering adding another song to it at the moment. But uh, I'm really proud of it. It's, um, it's There's a lot of love gone into it, a lot of pain gone into it, because I've just thought there's no point in making a record unless it's going to be honest, and that's, yes. that's as far as I'm concerned. What connects us as people through songs is the honesty in the song. So. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, it's got a lot of my life in it, yeah. Yeah, great. Well, don't forget, as we like playing demo discs, <laughs> <laughs> anything for a free record. You see, that's what we we're after here. I'll bring you. I'll bring you a copy of it. That'll be wonderful. That'll be wonderful, Elliot. Right, we're running out of time. I'm looking at the clock. I've got about another thirty seconds. That's all. <laughs> it's a little clip of the single coming up. <laughs> well, now we're going to get the full single. Oh, we are. Oh, we yes, better. 
<laughs> I'm trying to time it just right so that we come on at uh, the right time. Um, it's great to have talked to you. It's been fantastic. I'm Thank sure you. we could talk for a lot longer. Absolutely. Well, listen, you know where I am, so I'll... Um, if you I'll, can come back absolutely. up when the album comes out. Yeah. It'd be great to have you back. I'd love to do that. There'll be a new single to go with right the on. album. Well, thank you very much, Ellie, thank for the you time you so spent here. Appreciate it. Just for the listeners, don't forget, up next is Packed Lunch with uh, Rachel, packed with great music. All her choices, new, old, but she's fantastic. We're going to leave you today, and I'll see you next week on the same time, uh, Wednesday brunch. And I want to leave you with this. It's Elliot Kennedy. What more <laughs> can I say? My destiny. FM across Rotherham, online, on your mobile, and on your smart speaker. This is Red Road FM.